Father, we thank you for sending your son to us so that we could believe and so we could live. Lord, I pray that you would help us believe this morning. Some of us for the first time, some of us for the 10,000th time, we want to trust you. That's what we want. We want to really believe you, and we pray that you would help us. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a guide to our path. We want to know you through it, and we pray that you would illumine our eyes and our hearts to see what you have to say and to trust it. And it's in the precious, powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So last time we were in the Gospel of John, we were here in chapter 4. It was two weeks ago. Jesus was with the Samaritans, and do you remember what happened? They believed. They believed in him. You can see that. If you've got your Bible in front of you, you can just look up at verses 41 and 42. Many more believed, talking about Samaritans, because of his word. They said to the woman, the woman at the well, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. This is astonishing, because... If you've, even if you've read your, if you know nothing about the Bible, you know these people aren't Jews. They're Samaritans. If you know your Bible, you're going, wait a second. Samaritans, they're kind of worshiping God, but they're also worshiping idols. And here they are believing him. Lots of them. They're coming and they're trusting Jesus. It's astonishing. Foreigners are trusting him. But the people in Jesus' own hometown don't. That's what we're going to see. They don't trust him, not really. The Galileans don't honor Jesus. We're going to see, and we did in this passage, they welcome him, but they don't really honor him. And then we're going to see an official, which means he probably worked for Herod. He's going to come and he is going to honor Jesus. And the key difference between the Galileans, those are members of Jesus' own hometown, the key difference between them and this official is the kind of belief that they have in Jesus. They both believe, but one in a way that honors Christ and one in a way that doesn't. So we're going to start by talking about the kind of belief that does not honor Jesus. You guys know that. I mean, we're going to say this again and again and again. There is a kind of belief that doesn't honor him, a belief in Jesus that's not real. It's not saving. And we're going to see that through these Galileans. And then we're going to talk about the kind of belief that does honor Jesus through this official. Okay, so let's, let's look at the kind of belief that does not honor Jesus in the Galileans. So verses 43 through 45, we have to make sense of if we're going to understand this whole passage. These are difficult verses, 43 through 45. So after the two days, so the two days that he was in Samaria, Jesus departed for Galilee, for he himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. Now, that's surprising because the verse before says that Jesus declared that a prophet 
does not receive honor in his own hometown. And the very next verse says, so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. And you might think on first reading, Jesus is saying, a prophet has no honor in his hometown. He goes there and they honor him. Surprise! But we should pause for a second. Because their welcome to him is not honoring to him. And the reason is they welcome him for the wrong reasons. So follow me here. Verse 45 says, They welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. Do you remember what happened at the feast? Probably not, because it was months ago that we were in chapter 2. But chapter 2, verse 23, says this. Now, when Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. That sounds good, doesn't it? But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. So at this feast in chapter 2, people are believing in Jesus because he's doing signs, but it says Jesus doesn't trust them. He knows what's inside their heart. Something is wrong with their faith. They believe in some sense because he's doing signs, great signs. They can't avoid the fact that he's doing amazing things. They're seeing it, but he knows there's something wrong with their faith. It's not real. He's not entrusting himself to them. And now our passage back in chapter 4 is telling us in verse 45 that these people in Galilee are part of that group. So bells should be going off. Okay, the people at the feast who saw the signs, it says they believed in him, but Jesus said, I don't trust you guys. This is letting us know it's those people. They were part of the group at the feast that trusted Jesus, but Jesus didn't entrust himself to them. Something was faulty with their faith. We're going to see something. I don't want to give away too much, but in chapter 7, we're going to see something similar. Jesus' brothers, they know that he can do miracles. That's how chapter 7 starts off. They know he can do signs, and they say, Jesus, if you do all these great things, do it in Jerusalem. That's how you get a following. Don't do it in places like Galilee. Do your great signs and wonders in Jerusalem. And you'd think, okay, so his brothers believe in him. They know that he can do great signs. But verse 4 of chapter 7 says, his brothers did not believe in him. That's astonishing. They know he can do miracles. They know it, and they tell him, go do your miracles in public. And right away, the next verse tells us they didn't believe in him. So, there's a kind of belief in Jesus' power that is not the same thing as belief in Jesus himself. That's crucial. It's crucial 
Because there are lots of people that believe the name of Jesus is powerful, but that's different from believing in Jesus himself. These people in Galilee, they liked the signs and wonders, but they don't trust Jesus. They welcome Jesus because they love miracles, but they don't love him, and the difference is crucial. That's a crucial difference. It's a saving difference. Now, we know we're on the right track here in this assessment of the Galileans because in verses 46 and 47, an official from Herod's court, probably, comes. He asks Jesus to heal his son because his son is dying. And Jesus speaks to the official, but when he does it, he's rebuking all of the Galileans. So look at verse 48. Jesus said to him, so that's the official who wants his son to be healed, unless you, and in the Greek, you can't see this in English, but in Greek, the you is plural. So it says he's speaking to him, but then he uses a plural you, which means he's talking to all the people of Galilee. He says, unless you all see signs and wonders, you all will not believe. So he's rebuking the Galileans because they crave miracles. The miracles are the only thing keeping the Galileans hanging around. And there's something wrong with that. Jesus knows there's something wrong with that. A man who can only love a woman who's rich doesn't love the woman. He loves her money. And a woman who's only willing to love a man who's got money and then leaves when he loses his money, didn't love the man. He, she loves the money. The Galileans only care about Jesus so long as he can do signs and wonders for them. So let's pause for a minute. Let's just talk about what's the purpose of signs and wonders. Because Jesus does them all the time. All the time. There's no escaping the fact that Jesus is a wonder worker. So what's the purpose? Consider the word signs. It's, it's really interesting and it's really important that John calls the miracles of Jesus signs. What's a sign? A sign is an object that tells you where something else is. They're objects that are pointing to something else. That's what a sign is. A sign for McDonald's is not McDonald's. Does that make sense? It's an object letting you know where a McDonald's is. Jesus' miracles are signs because they are intended to point to something else. They're pointing to the greatness of Jesus. They point to his authority, his power, his goodness, the fact that he's from God, that he is God, that we should trust him. That's what the miracles are pointing to. They're signs. So if I found you out on 66, that's the road that goes to Dubai. If I just find you out there standing in front of a sign that says Dubai on it, and I ask you, what are you doing? And you say, I'm visiting Dubai. I would say, that sign's not Dubai. That sign's pointing to Dubai. The sign that says Dubai is not the destination. 
It's pointing to a, a city. The miracles that Jesus performed were pointing to his greatness and his trustworthiness. So if all you do is enjoy the miracles, but you never enjoy Jesus or listen to him, you're a person who thinks they're visiting Dubai because they walk up to a sign on the side of the road. You can love a sign without loving what it's pointing to. You can These people know that Jesus can do signs. They believe it, but they don't believe him. There's a really big difference in that kind of belief. If you believe that Jesus healed your aunt, but you don't love him, you don't believe in Jesus. If you believe that Jesus got you your job or your visa, but you don't do what he says, you don't really believe in Jesus. The people of Galilee were stuck on the signs, and they didn't see what the signs were pointing to. They didn't see Jesus as lovely. He's good. He's glorious. He's trustworthy. He's the Savior of the world. That's what the Samaritans saw. You get that? Jesus told this woman things he ought not to know. And the Samaritans didn't come up to Jesus at the well and say, tell me something that you shouldn't know about me. Can you guess my weight? Guess my middle name? Guess my mom's maiden name? That's not what they did. They saw through the sign to the fact that this man is not just doing circus tricks. He's the savior of the world. That's what it's pointing to. But the Galileans only love the sign itself. They, they were powerful. And just imagine if you could have seen Jesus heal someone. It would have been unreal. It would have been unreal. The power, and it would have been, to put it crudely, entertaining. It would have. The Galileans loved power and entertainment. You don't have to be a Christian to love power and entertainment and healing. You can love all those things without loving the person that they're pointing to. But if you do, you're missing the best part. Jesus did all these signs so that you would see through the signs to him, to see that he's trustworthy and good, and you can lean your whole life on who he is, not just a couple of miracles that he could do for you. You can lean your whole life on what he says, so don't stop short. Loving the miracles Jesus can do for you without loving him is not the kind of belief that honors him. And it's not the kind that will save your soul. And we'll talk about that more later. Now, Jesus is going to test this official. This is a test. He's asked Jesus to heal his son. And his faith will be put in contrast with these Galileans. It's the kind that honors Jesus. So this man's come from Capernaum. It's a little under 20 miles from Cana, where Jesus is. So around eight, 18 miles probably. He comes because he heard that Jesus was in Cana. His son's dying. He asks Jesus to come with him, and that's the moment that Jesus rebukes the Galileans. But the man is not put off. He asks again in verse 49, Sir, come down before my child dies. Does Jesus do what he asks? No. 
He asked Jesus to come with him, and Jesus doesn't. Instead, Jesus says to him, go. Your son will live. Here's the test. Jesus doesn't give the man any sign that what he told him is true. All this man has is Jesus' word. And verse 50 says, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. So this man came to Cana, an 18-mile journey, because he heard that Jesus could do wonders. But he clearly saw through those wonders to the fact that Jesus, if he's doing these, must be trustworthy. And so he believes him. He trusts him, and he goes home. He actually trusted what Jesus said. That's one big clue that people really believe in Jesus is when they do what he says, even when it's difficult. That shows you trust him. There are a whole lot of people clamoring for wonders and miracles to be done for them, but they don't listen to Jesus when he says, don't commit adultery. Love your wife. Love your neighbor. They want miracles. Give me a miracle, Jesus. Give me a healing. But they don't want to hear it when they read what he says. The Galileans were not interested in listening. They believed he could do miracles. They didn't believe the man, and so they didn't honor him. This official does. He trusts what he says. And then our text says he trusts again. So John tells us that the man goes home. His servants meet him and tell him that his son was healed at the same time Jesus said. And verse 53 says, the man himself... And John uses an emphatic pronoun. He believed himself and all his household. And John is letting us know this man wasn't simply trusting a word about healing. He wasn't just believing that one thing that Jesus said. John is telling us more. This man trusts Jesus for himself. Not just what he said then, but he trusts the person. There are different kinds of belief in Jesus that fall short of real trust. And this official comes to a place where he doesn't just love the power of Jesus or the healings of Jesus like the Galileans do. He's come to trust the person. And so he's saved. He sees through the signs that Jesus does to who Jesus is. Now, let's take a moment to think about this particular sign. So he, he does a sign. Our text tells us in verse 54, it's the second sign he did in Cana or in Galilee. What's this one pointing to? If it's a sign, it's pointing to something. What's this particular sign pointing to? So in general, miracles demonstrate that Jesus is powerful. There are signs that God has sent him. There are signs that he's the Messiah. The king that the Old Testament promised would be a wonder worker. I mean, if you read the prophecies about who the Messiah is going to be in the Old Testament, the blind are seeing, the lame are leaping. So the expectation is, yeah, the king who's going to come is going to do wonders. 
So miracles are a confirmation of that. But this miracle in particular is not just a raw display of power. Like, it's powerful. Jesus is over 18 miles away. He says a word, and a particular boy who's sick with a particular sickness is healed in that moment. That's power. That's amazing. But it's not just a display of how powerful Jesus is. It's a healing. Just consider this. Almost all of the miracles that Jesus does are healings, raising them from the dead, casting out demons, or feeding people. I can think of maybe three exceptions to that. Maybe. Why is that? Why is it that the overwhelming majority of the things that Jesus is doing are healing them? Why? He's not going around shooting fireballs out of his fists and lightning out of his eyes. I mean, if if it was your job to show people how powerful you are and you had the power to do it, what would you do? Be flying all over our line. And that's not what Jesus is doing. And it's telling us something. The signs are pointing to the kind of person he is. He's the kind of Savior who wants to heal people. He wants to heal people. He's not just trying to impress people with his power. He cares for them. Jesus cares for people. Almost all of his signs are service. Really, they all are. He has power, but he uses it to let people know that he's kind. He is not walking around blasting people. He's gentle and lowly in heart. Take heart that that's the kind of Savior we have. Really is the kind of person he is. Now, the fact that he heals people is not a guarantee in this life that he will physically heal you. You're not guaranteed that. If you read the rest of the New Testament, it's not a guarantee for you right now. It is a guarantee that he will heal you physically in the next life. And more importantly, it is a sign letting you see the kind of heart our Savior has. There is no one like him. He is Lord of all, almighty Lord who serves and cares for those who come to him. I hope that encourages you to come to him. I hope you take heart. If you're tired, you're weak, you're weary, this is the kind of Savior we have. Yes, he will come in power for those who reject him, but he never, ever blasts those who come to him. Never. And he won't do it for you. He's gentle and lowly in heart. That's what the sign is telling us. Do you see his glory through it? You can trust him. You can trust him. That's what this whole book is about, that you would trust him. At the beginning of the book, John 1, 12, 
says this, to all who did receive him, him, not just his signs, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's what this book's about. It ends this way. The book ends, John 20, 31. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And since belief is how you're saved, Jesus and John, the apostle, want to make sure you have the right kind of belief, that you trust him, not simply his power, his miracles, the fact that he can do things for you, but you trust the person who's doing them. He wants you to see he's the glorious thing the miracles are pointing to. He's trustworthy, he's satisfying, and you were made for him, and you can rely on him completely. So to close, here are just three ways. There are lots more than three. But three ways to know that your faith is real and saving. You can go on a spiral here, can't you? If you, if you just hear, oh, some, some faith is real, some faith's not, you can go on a spiral like, oh, is mine real? I don't know. How can I know if my faith is real? How can I know I'm not one of those Galileans? And here are just three ways. Here's the first. Saving belief, kind of belief that is real and saves, it relies on the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus as our only way to be forgiven and made right with God. It's just really important. Saving belief knows his death and his resurrection is my only claim to being right with God. I'm not adding anything to it. I can't offer anything to God to get forgiven. His death paid it. His resurrection is why a sinner like me can be counted righteous because Jesus is righteous and it's counted to those who trust him. So is that you? Do you believe that what he did and what he did alone is what brings you to God? Here's the second way. You can know your faith is real. Saving faith lives according to what Jesus says. It lives according to what Jesus says. Who in here would like to do what Vladimir Putin says? I hope I'm not offending any Russians in here. There are no hands raised. The reason is Vladimir Putin's not a very good person. You can believe that he exists. He does. You can believe that he's powerful. He is. But you don't trust him. You can believe that Jesus exists. He does. You can believe that he's powerful. He is. But that doesn't mean you trust him. You can believe that he died on a cross. That historical fact happened. But that's different than trusting him. One of the best ways you can tell if you trust him is do you do what he says? Do you do what he says? You don't want to do the things that people say whom you don't trust. Do you do what he says? Listen to John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus speaks to the Jews who had believed in him. If you abide in my word, 
you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So he's telling these Jews who have some sort of belief, he's saying, do what I say. Listen to what I say. That's how you know you're truly my disciples, how you really trust me. And then there's a promise, and the truth will set you free. Number three, saving faith counts Jesus and his Father and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as our greatest treasure in this life and in the life to come. It's one thing to use Jesus' power and goodness to get the things that we want. I mean, that's how the Galileans are. They feel great about the fact that Jesus is one of them. Yes! He can do all this stuff, and he's one of us. That's handy. That's really handy. But it's another thing to know that he, the person, and the gift of access that he provides to God through the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift of all. So that we can say, even if I don't have anything else, if I've got Jesus, I've got all things. And even if you have all the treasures in this world, you can say, yeah, but you're my real treasure and I can give it all away for your sake because I've got you. That's why Jesus told the woman at the well a few weeks ago that he could give her water that would satisfy the thirst in her soul forever because that's what he does. He gives us God, which is the greatest treasure of all. And this is the kind of belief that honors Jesus. It's a belief that doesn't believe simply in his abilities. That's important. You should know that Jesus can do all things. He can. But it's a belief that trusts his character and his purposes as well. It's a belief that listens to him, that submits to his purposes, and that gets to enjoy him, him, most of all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your son. Thank you that through him we can be saved. But again, Father, we are not simply saved by Jesus to enjoy something else other than Jesus. We get him and you. I pray that you would make us people who trust you. Not just trust what you can do, but we trust you, especially when we don't understand what you're doing, that we would trust you. There is no one who has a heart as kind as yours. We see in Jesus that you are gentle and lowly in heart. You're the kind of saving God who heals and never turns away those who come to you, no matter how wicked they were or how sick they are. You are a healer, a saving, kind-hearted God. So we trust you. Help us trust you more. And would you use us in this city to help people trust you
It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.